And we're back. And I would just like to say a very warm and happy birthday to the one, the only Mrs. Hillary Clinton. <laughs> oh, that was so nice of you. Her birthday is today. And you know what? Cocaine Mitch gave her what? Cocaine Mitch gave her the birthday presents of justice, Amy Coney Barrett, uh, the Supreme yeah. Court. What a day, what a day. So exciting. That's, Amy that's Coney really Barrett, brilliant. the first of her name, peace be upon her. Yes, absolutely. She has ascended to the high court. <clears throat> uh, How in incredibly fashion. historic. That's that's phenomenal. Absolutely. I was excited. I was excited watching the... I, I actually watched the vote. Uh, and then I watched Clarence Thomas. Blessed be upon him. Uh, I, it, he actually swore her in. I miss he's a that. national treasure. He, he is absolutely just, a Justice Clarence that's, Thomas. That's, yep. Yeah, he's absolutely a, a national treasure. But we'll get into we'll we'll get into some of that later on. Hello, everybody. We are back with another episode of the Fusion Underground. Did you miss me? We all missed you very, yeah, very much. Yeah, and yeah, I apologize I. for all of our listeners and, and viewers <laughs> for having to tolerate me on my own. Yes, we all missed you. <laughs> 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 well, I missed being here and doing the show, but uh, we are back at it for another episode of the Fusion Underground here at the Fusion Underground. Like we always say, we try to make sense of the world by having principled discussions about such topics as entertainment, current events, politics, and culture. Our mission is to educate people to become critical thinkers so they can live more empowered and happier lives. I'm your host, Manuel Ramirez, and as always, I'm joined in the virtual studio by none other than the very glamorous... Oh. The high-heeled oh. Jason Moret. <laughs> that, was, that was dirty. <laughs> that was dirty pull. <laughs> How are you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. I'm good. A little chilly up here, but otherwise doing It's chilly fine. down here. Well, uh, chilly for you. What, it hit 80? Dude, no, it didn't even hit that high. It didn't even get that high. It was like 72. <laughs> oh, that's, I'm, I'm, that sounds awesome. We, we broke through the heat. Yeah, we're in the twenties today. I think we're down into sing we're down below single digits right now. Yeah. Screw so. that. <laughs> Screw that. <laughs> You're such a desert rat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh well, you know, I was up in uh, up in Salt Lake all last week. So I had to leave. The reason why we didn't record, well, you had you had like nunya hours of sleep on Saturday. And then yes. we were gonna we were gonna record on Sunday. But then I remembered I have like a four o'clock flight. So I had to, or whatever the hell time it was. So I had to get up at like balls 30 
<laughs> early to, to get to the airport. So I went to bed early because I flew to Salt Lake City. A friend of mine, many, many of many years, uh, I used to be his roommate a number of years back. His wife suddenly passed away. She had a heart issue or something. Her heart stopped. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things, you know, how, when somebody, when something happens for, for folks and, and I know you're a lot like me, you reach out and you just say, Hey, if there's anything I can do to help, sure. You know, please let me know. And yep. he needed people around him. So, uh, I flew up there and I spent the week, I worked up there and, you know, just kind of hung out. Now I, you know what? I know better than that. You, you didn't tell me a story, but I know better than that. You, uh, you, you reached, you said, um, you need anything, let me know more than happy to help you. Yeah. And you didn't think much of it. And then he goes, Hey, were you serious? You went, Oh, why? Yeah. <laughs> I need someone here. And you're like, Oh God, dang it. <laughs> I gotta be that guy. It's like, wait all a minute. Right. You're not asking me to move. Are you? You're, yeah. Okay. Like, okay. Please I don't can... tell me you're asking me to pack up all my stuff permanently. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I can, I can swing a plane ticket up there. And you know, it yeah. was, uh, it was good to see him. I hadn't seen him in a very long time. And uh, you know, he's got two kids now, which are pretty much grown. One's a junior in high school and the other's a freshman in college. Here, I kept thinking that he's got little kids, right? And I, and I roll right. up there and I'm like, who are these people? Yeah. Oh, these are my kids. Oh, shit. You know, I thought, they were little kids. <laughs> what? Uh, Wait, what? God damn, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> it's creepy how that happens really like, yeah, quick. <laughs> I knew your dad before you were born. What do you, what, why, wait, what's going on? What's happening? Last picture I saw of you was like this big. You were still wrapped yeah. in a receiving yeah. blanket. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting. You know, um, Salt Lake City, I, I have mixed emotions about Salt Lake. Let's, so one of the things we're going to be talking about today is, is religion of all Okay. Things. Spirituality, all right. religion. Uh, and That's a well, great place to jump off on that topic from. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, Salt Lake <laughs> is essentially the, the Mormon capital of the world. Right. It is. You know. Mm -hmm. it is it's it's the mormon capital of the world there's like a bajillion mormon churches up there all over the place i i have a very serious question about uh -huh. salt lake city it, it's a conundrum uh -huh. for me so okay. conundrum. And, and, I, and i may be jumping into the topic and i don't want to jump too far but this if i don't get this out i'm gonna forget it okay <clears throat> mormons believe in multiple marriages and multiple wives correct that would be polygamy but they don't actually practice polygamy Okay, so that, no. they they outlawed they outrule they they ruled against that they said no that's not part of the the canon of our religion back in the late 1800s it's been you know over a hundred years since they actually practiced polygamy okay so so that the polygamy's out but the multiple children <gasps> thing still exists that's still promoted heavily correct oh yeah oh yeah yeah oh okay oh, very much so. all, right, all right all right all right so i was going to go with multiple wives and multiple bajillions of children mm -hmm. so we'll just say multiple bajillions of children how is it you can have salt lake city a mm -hmm. place with the mormon religion as prominent it is practice that many offspring in one household and also simultaneously be a dry county those two <laughs> things do not match up for me at all. You, you know, there really is weird. no way I could have <laughs> 10 kids and not be like schlitzed by six o'clock every, every night. Every day. Every <laughs> day. I just don't understand. This does not make sense. I, right. I don't see how, how families right. survive. Yeah. Maybe that's I, how I, they I survive. Know. I don't know, but I just. I, I, I don't get it either. There, there was, um, 
what's interesting that I learned while I was up there is that, and my friends were telling me this. So yes, most of Salt Lake City, you know, around the Salt Lake City, it's, it's long. It's, it's very, you know, because it's basically situated in a valley uh, up against some mountains. And then there's some other mountains and you got the great Salt Lake and everything. So Salt Lake is really long. Um, And, uh, and one of the, one of the interesting (laughs) things, I'm talking about multiple kids and you went You're right just... into long and I just really, I'm trying to focus. I'm so oh sorry. Please God. continue. Yes. So, you know, the, 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 the metro area is very conservative. It's like hyper conservative, right? When right. it comes to anything, whether it's alcohol and strippers and cocaine and all that kind of stuff, right? It's very, very, uh, very, <laughs> it's, it's okay. very, very conservative. But what's interesting is downtown Salt Lake downtown salt lake proper it's like it's a progressive paradise downtown salt lake okay um and and i didn't realize that like they have i think it's the they were telling me it's the largest gay pride parade is held annually in salt lake city downtown salt lake city in the nation the largest gay pride parade in the nation is actually hosted in salt lake city huh and it's like downtown Salt Lake City is very, very uh, countercultural. Okay. Which is really fascinating to me because downtown Salt Lake is where Temple Square is. Right. Uh, right. The, the big Mormon temple is at Mormon Tabernacle Choir. There's a little building, weird shaped roly poly building where they play, where they sing or whatever it is that they do there. Um, so, and I, the last day that I was there, I, I had a few hours before I flew out and I kind of walked around Temple Square. They're actually raising the temple. They're lifting it up. They're making it seismic proof. Uh, they're raising it up and they're putting some like, they're, they're basically putting in a foundation that's going to float and it will allow the temple to move right. five feet in any direction during, uh, during an earthquake. Well, I've, I've heard of, of earthquake proofing buildings in that regard. I, I, I didn't know that Salt Lake and the Salt Lake City area was anywhere near a fault line where that was actually an issue. But I had no idea. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe well, they're no. just maybe they're just doing it like, as a hey, you know what would be cool? Yeah. Let's earthquake proof our temple. <laughs> when God comes down and smites the rest of the non believers, our temple will be safe. Yeah, who knows? I don't I, know. I don't maybe they're pre- we're preparing for God to smite down the gay pride parade. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> interesting there's also this there's also this hill so when i was driving to my friend's house i rented a car and i was driving over to his house and there's this big hill that's right up right next to the freeway like the freeway just goes right past this big gigantic hill and on one half of the hill they're strip mining the whole damn thing but there are houses on top of the hill and i don't mean just like you know on the on the top of the hill in the back like the the face of the strip mine is right here and there are houses like 12 feet from the edge of the, at oh the very God. top. And I'm thinking this doesn't seem like a smart move to buy property up there. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I could actually see how that goes. Hey, we're going to be strip mining this uh, uh, mountain that your yeah. house is on. Yeah. Uh, we're going to offer you, you know, $5 million to uh, pick up, move, relocate. And they're like, no, we're staying. We're like, look, we're telling you, yeah. we're going to strip mine this whole freaking mountain and we're going to do it right around your house. Are you? Nope. I'm staying. 
okie dokie. Right. And they blast up there apparently. Yeah. And they, they do blasting along the side. Can you imagine? You're just like hanging out at three o'clock in the morning. Boom. Yeah. You know, it was half your mouth comes eat dinner down. And yeah. you got your, your meal in your face because, you, you know, your whole house blew yeah. up and then settled back down. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, there you go. There you Salt go. Lake. Yeah. Land and of dreams and opportunity. <laughs> very much so apparently <laughs> and multiple multiple children and no beer <laughs> yes yes guess where i'm not moving <laughs> <laughs> nothing yeah. against anybody in salt lake just uh no I, I like my my liquid escape your liquid escape well yeah. you know i'd always heard these horror stories of like uh you can't go to a bar um in utah or whatever i i didn't have that part we didn't go out drinking but i saw plenty of bars i i don't know maybe it used to be hyper con- conservative at one point when it came to drinking but it doesn't seem to be that way as much anymore well and i there wasn't that many years ago well i am getting older so i don't know how many years yeah you ago are really old. was now yeah shut up um but uh we went out to salt lake city for a um a jiu-jitsu tournament out there and we stayed the night and we crashed out there in Salt Lake or right near around Salt Lake. It's, it's kind of like Phoenix. There's probably a real small bit of it. That's actually Salt Lake city and everything around like this borough, that mm-hmm. borough there, but it's all Salt Lake city. Um, yeah. and yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't even have a beer at the end of the night cause we couldn't buy it at the grocery store. And I think we ended up like driving, I don't know, 40 minutes or something like that, just to be able to go get a six pack of beer so we could relax. Um, <laughs> But so, yeah, and that wasn't that long ago, like I said, within the last 10 years, at least. Well, I have something I wanted to play for you. I've seen this before uh, online, but I just I don't know if you'd seen it. And I don't know if some of our of our listeners have have seen it, Um, but I thought it was just hysterical and it cracks me up every time I see this. Uh, And so I wanted to play this for you. Okay. so uh, check this. Check this out. What the fuck is that? What the? F- oh yeah. By the way, there's 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 a lot of language in here. So if you if you're if you are opposed to a lot of f bombs, you might not want to. You might want to just kind of skip forward about a minute. Okay, here we go. What the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? A fucking cat? Hey, don't fucking look at me like that. That's a weird looking fucking cat. Ma. Yo, there's a stray cat outside. I don't want it starting a fight with Lucy. <laughs> Lucy, it's okay. It's okay, Lucy. Don't worry about it. No, it's ah! not. Look at that thing. Ma, there's a weird fucking stray cat outside. It looks It looks like grandma, the fucking thing. <laughs> hey, get the fuck out of here. I don't even know if that's a fucking cat. Blink, motherfucker. <laughs> God. that that was the scariest cat i think i've ever seen in my life <laughs> had eyeballs on that would make mine look tiny you know, good lord it's stuff like that you know i have no idea if that's a real video or somebody just staged it but it's fucking funny no regardless it's just hysterical um but then i did find uh i i did find this oh yeah, I forgot about this one. I think you'll get a kick out of this one. This is something you are not allowed to do to your wife. What? Okay? 
don't show me stuff and then tell me that. You, you are not allowed to do this to your wife because oh. if, if you do, you will not live. You will not, you will not survive. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, 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 let, so I'm going to, I'm going to play this and I'll, let's see if you can actually catch what's happening here. I don't, I don't know. Let's see. Okay. All right. Let's see. You just got it, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, you got it. So for everyone out there not able to see this, this poor woman is asleep. And there you see this guy it looks like flying a little German Messerschmitt biplane toy by, and that is not him making the noise. That is her snoring. <laughs> but every time she snores, he passes that little plane in front of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was great is watching your face. Cause at first it was like about the same point. I was like, what the hell is that thing that he's flying? What's he, in what's he yeah. doing? And then you realize you get a shot of it and you're like, Oh, that's a little plane. Oh no. That dude, <laughs> that dude is dead somewhere. <laughs> now, in all fairness, I could do that with my wife asleep and just laugh on my own. As long as I'm not taking a video of it and posting it up on the world wide web. Um, hey, what she doesn't know won't kill me. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I swear. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. I have one other video for you. This is not a funny one, but it's uh, it's interesting. So when you see it, you're probably going to have one interpretation or one conclusion in your head. Um, but watch how this plays out. Watch, okay. Watch, yeah. Watch watch how this plays out. You might be surprised. <laughs> For the first time in my life, I voted red. Uh, it's so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. I was a Democrat. I was a Democrat. I was a Democrat. This year has shown me so many eye-opening things. And with this, with this laptop scandal, I can't, in good conscience, vote for Biden. I just could not. I, I, I did not. In 2016, I thought a dumb, misogynistic businessman was now our leader and the world was over. I hated it. I don't know how to tell you how much I hated Trump. I don't. But you know, you know what? You know what I just did? I voted for Trump! <laughs> All right. Uh, red pill. MAGA. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I I was really curious. Okay. Is it just over this whole the the Biden scandal or is, did she have other reasons? I was curious, right. but right. she didn't either she didn't elaborate or she didn't want to. Right. That's all that's all there is. I mean, it's, you know, it's TikTok. I don't I don't get it. It's just and you know, short No offense to this girl at all, but this is exactly 
who I think the left is thinking they have in the bag and missing. So, I mean, just pure observation. This gal is um, very white-faced, obviously trimmed up her, those eyebrows. Good Lord bless you, honey. But um, dyed her hair about as bright green as she possibly can and gauged her ears out to God only knows what. Nose ring in place. I mean, I will bet you if she's not in college, she was just recently. The left thinks they've got this whole demographic of people in this country bagged up lockstep yeah and these are the people i think that they're missing by huge margins <clears throat> well you know the polls are tightening mm -hmm. you know the democrats still lead in a number of states from uh from early early voting but but here's the interesting thing um we don't know what those votes who those votes are actually for Mm -hmm. We just know Democrats are voting sure, in, in more numbers, more so than, than Republicans are. Um, you, you can't assume that all of those Democrat votes are going to vote for Biden. Mm -mm. You can't. No, I don't think so at all. I, I think that assumption was made back in 2016 and look what happened. Right. And, and the, the other thing, the other thing that to keep in mind is, is I, I don't, I don't think that, Trump has really lost that many voters. Has he lost some? Sure. I think he's lost some voters. You know, there are, there are going to be some people that are just like, no, I'm not going to vote for him. And, but for the most part, he has not lost his base. No, he I hasn't. So. He hasn't lost his base, but he's adding more to it. We have, we've had in the last several months, in the last six, seven months, there have been a tremendous number of people that have been switching uh, who were Democrat? There are a lot of people who have never voted before, who have refused to vote for, who have refused to vote before, and are now coming out saying, "Yeah, they're voting for Trump." They're basically crawling mm -hmm. over glass. I mean, there was an article written just a, a week or two ago that said, "You know, I, I hated Trump. I didn't vote for him in 2016, but in 2020, I will crawl over glass to vote for him." Well, um, you know, the the riots did something to galvanize people that did not want to vote. Mm -hmm. It didn't give a crap about voting the riots galvanized people to actually turn out to the polls and say screw this i cannot yep. have these people in power yep. so i'm gonna if nothing else vote against them well and this this is something i, I was actually talking about Mine here recently killing me yeah i was gonna say it's killing everybody else watching you too um <laughs> these this the rioting that's happening the looting that's happening all these these protest quote-unquote peaceful protests um, and all this stuff, you know, it had one effect that I think the, the Democrats and the liberals that were out really pushing and empowering these demonstrations that they wanted was to energize the voting base. What they did not see coming and they did not expect is that they have absolutely energized the apathetic base that is out there to stand up and say, all right, that's it. Enough is enough. We're taking our town and our city back. And that does not mean voting for the party who's out here supporting this stuff. I mean, even if somebody actually agreed with your cause, there's a limit to what most people can tolerate. You have gone way past that 
And then you backed them into a corner and told them it was their fault. Right. Sorry. People don't like that. And they're out. I mean, I have seen more um, Trump signs, more people out on the street and, and I'm talking about in places where it is overwhelmingly liberal. Um, there is a huge show of support. I mean, you know Flagstaff. Um, Flagstaff is a very liberal town, as much as I hate to admit it. Um, but there are there, there was um, people out on the street with doing a little Trump rally, even though Trump wasn't here. Um, we had a, I was telling you about it. We had a Trump parade through town. That's anybody that knows Flagstaff should know that that is absolutely bonkers. Yeah, it. I always referred to the Flagstaff as the Soviet Socialist Republic of Flagstaff. Yes, uh, it, it is very, very left leaning. Here's an example of what's happening. Here's what's happening in Los Angeles. This was just a day or two ago. Uh, this is this is L.A. This is uh, Beverly Hills. Um, it's, it's insane. I have never, I have followed politics pretty much my entire life and I've never seen the kind of grassroots turnout like this, especially in places like California. Um, and you you even have the rainbow flags flying amid, you know, amidst the, the Trump flags here. Um, this is, this is incredible. The other night there was a huge rally, a huge parade, and, and the thing is, is Trump's not even at these things. Yeah. He's not even there. Yeah. Um, Pence isn't even there. I mean, th- these are just people impromptu getting together. There was a huge parade. Um, I think it was on Sunday here in, in Phoenix. And it stretched mm-hmm. uh, it stretched from Mesa all the way to uh, up here where I live, which is, you know, across the, on the freeways going across the valley, which is a good 20 miles. Um you know, a lot of people I know got stuck in it or got stuck behind it, uh, but it was tons of cars just waving Trump flags all over the place. Um, oh. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, no. And yet we're all supposed to believe that the polls, you know, the polls that uh, that Biden is is winning by double digits. Um, <laughs> he, he could very well be. But but, you know, um, there's something at play that I think is happening here. I think there are a lot of conservatives who are who do not want to um, answer truthfully to a poll no. because no. and and I, I know dozens of people um, conservative minded people who are absolutely going to vote for Trump who have not <clears throat> either said that they just don't answer the polls or have openly said oh I tell them I vote for Biden I mean they stop calling me right right I mean my phone blows up with text messages yeah. over the whole thing it's 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 crazy and yeah there, there are a lot of people. Over. Yeah, there are a lot of people that they don't want to say that they're voting for Trump because when you look out over the last year and a half to two years, there are a lot of people on the right who are getting canceled, who the left is coming after them, attacking their businesses, attacking their place of employment, trying to get them fired, trying to destroy their lives. I, I can't blame anybody who says, you know what, I don't want to be targeted. So yep. uh, I wouldn't. it doesn't surprise me that a lot of polls are, are showing Biden in double digits. I think a lot of those people, I think there are a lot of conservatives who are just, they're not saying that they're going to vote for Trump, but they will. Well, and I don't think that's specific to conservatives either. Um, You know, I think there's a a fairly large percentage of the moderate Democrats or the, you know, the, the, 
um, we'll say conservative liberals, if there is such a thing, but a, a lot of those moderates out there who have voted registered Democrats who go, there's no way I'm going to be able to vote for Biden, but right. there sure is heck no way I'm going to let the Democratic Party and all the people that I know and everyone else know that I'm going to vote for Trump. Uh -uh. I'm not yeah. going to do that to myself. So I, I think that there's a there's a fairly large majority of people who are either not answering polls at all or are not being truthful for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll be, it'll be really interesting. You know, the, the pollster, the polls are now closing in. Um, I think it's in Pennsylvania now. Uh, Trump is up by like one point. Uh, Wisconsin, I think he's up by one or two points now. Mm -hmm. um, and even I think in Michigan, he's up by like one point or statistically speaking, you know, if it's, if it's one to two points, three points it's away, the it's a tie. Yeah. at that point, it's a statistical tie. But I think a lot of the pollsters now are realizing, Hey, you know what we've been shaping, we've been trying to shape public opinion now for the last six months. We're getting down to the wire. Pollsters are like anybody else. They want to at least appear unbiased and trustworthy at the end of the day. Well, it's coming to the end of the day. And I think a lot of those pollsters realize, Oh crap, we better do our job in a decent manner so that we can stand on two legs after the election. And now we're seeing a lot of the polls tightening. Yep. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, and, I don't think people have changed their mind. I don't think, I think few people have changed their mind mm -hmm. uh, over the last month and a half. No, I agree. I, I, I think it's interesting actually, you know, Pennsylvania was one of those States. I, um, you and I, I think talked about this before has been traditionally blue for a, a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this could be the year we actually see that go red. I really do. I mean, it's it's going to be tight out there. Um, we'll see. But I think it is absolutely in play to go red. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the um, energy policies of the two candidates. Um, and, you know, Biden has been back and forth. You've got him on tape <laughs> multiple times saying he's going to end um, fossil fuels and, and fracking he, uh, over and over again. And then he goes out there and he goes, Oh no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying that we have to replace it with something better. And that's over time. Well, so you're saying you're going to end it. It's a backpedal. It's a backpedal. It, it's, it's a backpedal, right? Yeah. Because he got called on it. He mm -hmm. fell into the trap with that Trump set for him during the during the debates. Uh, Trump just called him out on it and said, "Wait a minute, wait a minute." Before we go, he wants to get rid of oil. He wants to, and he, Biden fell right into the trap. Of course I do. Of course I do. Uh, and that was an oh shit moment for the Biden campaign. Yeah. Um, and they have been struggling to right the ship ever since. Uh, I think there are some people that that could have swayed their vote against Biden just because of that at the end there. Um, but not for that many people. I think what I do find interesting is this whole Biden fiasco that's been taking place. Um, and for, for a number of reasons, can, wait, um, wait, can you be more specific? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as well as I do that if it were Trump jr. That was caught, oh, know, basically he, with a crack he, pipe and, and he'd have been in jail by now. It would be non trying to prove his innocence just to get a fair trial hearing, quote unquote, just nonstop. to then try and get out nonstop, nonstop, yeah. you know, and now the media is basically saying, well, we can't, you know, NPR came out and said, no, we're not running the story because we quite frankly do not think that our listeners would care about the story. 
So they're just deciding <laughs> for people. They're what deciding is what people is. It's yeah, important or not. And going back to once again, you and I have said this before. Media is at, there's no such thing as neutral mainstream media. It does not exist. It is a business. And it's run by people with particular interests. We're, we're, you and I are going to have to do our, our um, media bias episode one night or over three nights for as much as we could actually go on about how that goes. But it's, yeah. it's yeah. disgusting. And, and the, New York, the New York Post is still blocked on Twitter. They're still blocked on Twitter, even after Jack, their CEO, came out the day after the whole New York Post, Post fiasco and said, oh, it was the same day. He came out and said, oh, yeah, we really screwed it up. And that was not the right way for us to handle it. And uh, so mea culpa and we apologize. And then it's been like now 14 days or 15 days and and the New York Post still is blocked is blocked on Twitter. Um, you know, One of the biggest, I think, Part of the biggest, uh, the part of this fiasco is, is large tech companies that are silencing any, not necessarily silencing conservative voices per se, but just silencing any opposition speech. It's, yeah, it's dissension voices. Right. And, and if you disagree with the narrative of the day, you are being, you're being blocked. And, right. and how <clears throat> that is being allowed, I still don't understand how that's legally allowable. I really don't. Um, that's that's the, one of the, the highest forms of censorship I've seen out there. Um, at, at some point, you and I are going to probably come into risk of being blocked um, here probably within the next... Well, I don't think we have enough listeners for us to really pose much of a threat. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you two out there, we love you. Right? There's, um, <clears throat> um, there's a lot of people out there that I'm... I'm you know, Jameson Crowder is a, a perfect example. Not that I'm necessarily a, oh my God, Jameson Crowder fan, but... He's somebody who's got who very often disagrees openly, sometimes antagonistically with the mainstream media narratives. Um, how long before someone like that is is basically booted off and not allowed on their on their airwaves? Right. Well, it'll be it'll be really interesting, and I think over the next week, watching more uh, watching more of the media try to silence. Uh, silence opposition voices. The, the, the campaign's falling apart. I mean, it's it, the Biden campaign has already imploded. Yep. Um, and and I think I think at this point, I think most people on the Biden camp just want to save face. They want to get out of this in one piece. And it, could there be a landslide? I don't know. It's I'm amazed at what is happening in California. <clears throat> Watching people get red pilled in real time in California, watching the grassroots um, groups just sprout up all over the place through California. Uh, I don't think California will go red in this election, but uh, God, I would love it if it did. Oh my gosh. Uh, You know, if if nothing else were to happen and California went red, that's probably one of the biggest victories for our country. I could see because the, um, the ideological cancer that is the liberal mindset out of California is literally spreading. I mean, we've got millions and millions of dollars uh, flowing into even our local state legislature races here. One of our former mayors is actually running and um, she's got a whole bunch of money 
coming from California donors to try and prop her up. And that's, it's not just her. I'm not picking on one person that's happening here in Arizona. It's happening in Nevada. It's happening in New Mexico, um, Texas. Even I heard there is yeah. California mon money being ab just literally flown out to these candidates to try and create this blue wave from California over so that they can have more influence to basically take this over by force. It's it it is a cancer on democracy. Yeah, well, it'll be really interesting to see what how that all plays out. Um, and uh, what is the election is next Tuesday on the third. Um, yep. Yeah, the you know the la in twenty sixteen I stayed up all night watching the returns. I don't yep. know if I'll be able to do that this night, but or this coming election. But then again, I don't know if I'll be able to just lay in bed and not know. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I, I don't know either. <laughs> I really don't, you know, four years so, ago, you know, the, the, the baby went to sleep and you know, that was it. And she actually slept through the night. The boy, if, if he goes down, I'm like, he's asleep. Thank right, God. You know, right. I crash out cause right. he's not the same. So I, I have no idea what this year's going to bring. Um, I'm torn on it. If for nothing else, I, you know, at least in 2016, I knew or believed by the end of that night, election night, I knew who the president was. I don't know that we're going to have that this year. I, I, I doubt it. it. Unless it's overwhelming. If it's overwhelming, I mean, I'm going to be doing backflips down my street. Yeah. Probably in my boxer shorts and my house shoes, but yeah, unless um, it's overwhelming. And, and, you know, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people that are waiting, especially on the conservative side. There's a, there are a ton of people that they don't want to vote until election day. Oh yeah. And they're uh, waiting for them. election day. They're waiting I will them. not, I won't early ballot. I know you already held it up it. before. You got, got it. it. It's right here. I got to go drop yeah. it off this week. Yeah. Um, but, no, uh, I'm, I'm going to the poll on election day and voting period. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people are, a lot of people yeah. are waiting for election day. I think, um, you know, I, I was reading something just a few days ago that uh, more people have voted up to this point, like right now, we're still a week away from the election. More people have voted already in this election than than did in the last election. Yes. Yep. I, I saw that same thing. That's incredible. That's yeah, absolutely incredible. Is. And there's still so much energy out there, especially oh. on the on the on the on Trump's side. And again, you know, yes, we we do know in some states that Democrats are leading. But we don't know who those votes are actually for. We just know sure. that registered Democrats, there are more registered Democrats that have turned out for early voting. However, uh, Republicans are slowly creeping and in, in, in each day they're gaining like, you know, another 10,000 votes on, you know, voters on that Democrat number. But there are going to be some Democrats in there that vote for Trump. And I think more so than there will be Republicans who turn out to vote for Biden. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how this all pans out. At least that's my that's my theory anyway. No, I, I, I can't necessarily argue that. Um, it's I don't see the kind of energy behind the Biden campaign <clears throat> to pull a lot of conservative voters, if you will, right um, over to that side. Yeah, it's I, I, I and you and I discussed this once before. I really do think this is going to be about how many Democrats Trump pulls to his side. Yeah. I mean, that will be the deciding factor, I think. I forgot to tell you, I got a new phone. 
Oh, good God. Brand new phone. This is the new Note 20. So I had a Note 8 and I dropped it and smashed <laughs> the face. Okay. So on Saturday or Sunday, which Saturday. So uh, yeah, I was standing out at the airport and dropped it and cracked the whole thing. So then I had to go get a new phone. This phone costs $1,200. That's insane. Yeah. That is, that's beyond insane. I, and, and I, I don't, I don't get people and no offense. It's not just people like you. Uh -huh, it's just uh -huh. anybody. You can offend me. No, it's all right. No. I, my phone right here. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, I got, well, I got my other one on at Best Buy, but I bought this one online and I don't, I don't need the new galaxy 20 or note 20 get it oh, right oh sorry i don't need the newest and lewis greatest skynet tech i'm just a simple guy <laughs> i got this phone and it was a hundred bucks and it works beautifully it was brand new like two years ago and guess what it's awesome and it did not i didn't have to put out a lease and i didn't have to sign up for payment plans and i didn't have to have a credit check to do it and it's it's been great I hate you. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, yes, I do. you don't. You can say you hate me, but you love me. Oh, you, you, here's here's the funny thing about this phone. Okay, so one of the one of the big upgrades of the phone is the camera. So I was like playing around with the camera, and oh. and it's got this it's got this slider where you know, and of course it's like turned on to me, right? So it's like for selfies or whatever. And I'm like looking, and I'm like, you know, looking at my face in the camera, and there's a slider that's like smoothness. Right. And so I started adjusting the slider. <laughs> Tell me all this as you adjust the slider up, it's like light yeah. jazz starts playing. Yeah. And, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I adjust the slider and you it's get like, an afro. well, it's like all of the, the little pox in your face, everything kind of gets smoothed out. And I'm like, oh, wow, look at that. And then there was this other one and it was like for your jawline. Now I have a fat head. Okay. Um, and what you was have what? I'm sorry. I have a fat head. Okay, and I just wanted to, everybody to hear you say that twice. <laughs> what was what was trippy about it is like I, I it like affects your jawline, uh -huh. and so I'm sliding this this little slider, and vi visually I'm looking at the screen and I'm watching my jawline right through here, basically get thinner. Like it took in all of my jawline, and I'm like, well, of course we're gonna have it make me look the slimmest that I possibly can. <laughs> So, for my dating app, you know. Of course. So of course I'm leaving that all the way over to eight. Why would I keep that at zero? Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> you know, it's that reminds me. There, there. I saw this video. Um, one of our old Lodge brothers actually sent it. It was a an app in I want to say it was Japan, mm -hmm. but it was um, it was an age, like reversal, like a, like a de ager. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm serious. So this is like you know, if you were gonna let's you talked before about Facebook allows you to connect with like high school friends and things like that. Sure, sure. So you had these these pictures. I'll have to send you the video. Is actually really kind of cool and a little emotional actually, with these um very aged individuals, senior citizens essentially, mm -hmm. who were sliding this bar and turning back time, and it was actually you know, taking all the wrinkles out of their face, you know, lifting the eyes and they looked, you went from old to young and attractive. Some even all the way back to like, you know, kids. And you saw some of these people actually almost crying just because they were seeing themselves actually de-age on it. It was really, um, 
It was really quite touching and slightly creepy, actually. But touching? Let's take a bunch of old people and just remind them that they're going to die in a couple of years. Oh my way. gosh! Why did you have to take something <laughs> you know beautiful and make it morbid? God, because let's face it, that's what it is. Hey, you, you old fart! Look, look at this. Let's let's just remind you of how few years you have on your life right now. I'd like we... it noted to everybody that I was actually having a very genuine uh -huh. moment about appreciating uh, yeah. the youth and know. you know uh -huh. all that touching stuff. And it, it took Doctor Ramirez to remind everybody that that yeah. means. Oh, guess what? You're gonna You're die dead. soon. Yeah, yeah. God, definitely, definitely. What? Well, speaking of dying. Oh, oh, okay. Moving speaking, on. Speaking of like, you know, the end of life kind of thing. So one of the, so, you know, walking around in, in uh, downtown Salt Lake and, you know, thinking about Mormonism uh, while I was down there, you know, there, there are a lot of, I, I was really surprised by a lot of the, the Masonic iconography that is on um, these Mormon buildings, you know? Okay. Uh, it, it was very apparent. I could, I could see it. Um, and for those of you who do not know, the, the Mormon religion borrowed a lot of ritual and right. icons and everything from, from masonry. Um, well, but anyway, jo I digress. Joseph Smith, who started the Mormon church, right. was a mason. Right. He was a mason. So, um, so I started thinking about that. You know, one of the, it kind of dawned on me how, I guess, militant, for lack of a better term, the LDS religion truly is um, okay. more so than Catholicism, probably right up there. Number two with Islam in terms of the rules and maybe even Judaism. I don't know too much about Judaism. I don't know about all their different rules. So what I'm referring to are the, like the rules, the dogma that you have to live by every single day. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the Mormons have a, seems to me anyway, they, there are a lot of rules that they have to abide by, or you get, you get the old boot. Yeah. Um, you get excommunicated or disfellowshipped or whatever the hell it's called. And you, you know, you're shunned. Um, but the, I mean, there are a lot, like you can't drink hot beverages and you can't, um, you know, you can't put anything into your body that would, you know, alter its state in any way. So like ixnay on the caffeine, which, yeah. You know, I'm just at that <laughs> That's point. That's worse than beer for me. No, you could take away my coffee. Um, yeah, right. Okay. I can't be part That's of it. anything that won't let me drink coffee. <laughs> um, and no, I'm not drinking the decaf stuff. So, uh, you know, there there are a lot of, there are just tons and tons of rules. Um, and so, you know, it got me thinking about this whole concept. You know, there, there are people now who run around and a uh, bunch of hippies or whatever, that, and they'll say things like, well, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. That's I'm such spiritual. a crock. I'm not religious. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's a bunch of crock too. I think it's okay. <laughs> you know, Doctor Ramirez said it first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was leading up to it. God, um, and and I I really do. I don't. I lose a lot of respect for people when they say, "Well, I'm not religious. I'm just spiritual." Because, because to me, what that means is I want to have my cake and eat it too. Mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. to, that's exactly what it means to me. It means you, you just have no discipline. You don't want to actually structure your life in a way that aligns with certain values and principles. And you don't want to adhere that. You just want to pick and choose and have your way and, and call, it a, call it a day. And sure. 
And, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's the right way to live one's life. Well, and you know, there's always the, uh, the sacrifice and reward idea and, and take religion out of it. You know, we're talking about it with, um, if you have kids out there, you're trying to teach them to make good choices and sometimes doing the right thing. I mean, it might be less fun <laughs> and that's the sacrifice you get out of it. But the reward is, you know, that you, you get, um, recognized for making a good choice or you don't just don't get in trouble for that matter. Or, you know, th there's always the reward for doing and living a certain way is the, that's, that comes with the sacrifice of committing to that. So in a religious aspect, if you're going to be a good, oh, I don't know, Christian, then you have to live by the, you know, the, the 10 commandments, if you will, and that the reward with that comes in your ascension to heaven and all the benefits of thereof. But it seems like for somebody that says, well, I'm, I'm spiritual. I'm not, I'm not religious. Well, that either means a, you can't make up your mind what you believe and, or B, you don't want to actually follow all the rules for any one religion or C, you really like a couple really good things out of this religion and a couple really good things out of this. So you just want to cherry pick all the really yummy stuff and just right. eat your sandwich. And then when it comes to, well, okay, if you're going to take all these little things, then you actually have to follow the rules. No, 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 no. I don't want to believe in that. It's like right. saying I'm a really good spiritual Christian, but I don't want to have to go to church on Sunday because I don't want to miss my football or Correct. I don't really want to get up that early or, you know tithing you mean like giving money no i don't do that i pay taxes I, I gave at the office you know i mean it's you know pick something what do you believe in either and it most of the time i think people are like ah, i just don't know I, I don't know what i believe so i believe if somebody's just a really good person at heart then that should be enough yeah but that's not how that works at least that's what i believe Right. So, yeah, it's it goes back to that thing of if you don't believe, if you don't stand for for something, then you'll fall for anything. Agreed. Uh, and and even if you take religion out of it, mm -hmm. I think you and I we've talked about this before. You don't have to have, you don't have to be a practicing whatever uh, religious insert favorite religion here. You don't have to be a practicing religious person to have good values and principles um, no. that you can get those from other things. You can, and, and the, the most, the next best place to get them from uh, and probably as actually a better place than religion in many respects is from, is from philosophy uh, and, and usually following a philosophical type of, uh, of, of study like stoicism, for example, right. Mm -hmm. To be a stoic is actually pretty darn hard. That sucks. It's <laughs> and and I love stoicism. I really do, and it's very very difficult. Um, but even if you were to take that, uh, that's not rooted necessarily in religion. You, there are a lot of religious people that are stoics, but there are stoics that are, can be, you know, a religious for lack of a better term. So, but there are a lot of really interesting values and principles that come from being a stoic, but it's very difficult to practice that. So people who say, well, I don't, I just don't want to follow any rules. I just want to basically do whatever I want to do. Um, you're a child. Yeah. You're essentially <laughs> a two-year-old who basically My just wants to 
You My know. child wants to do whatever she wants to do and not follow any rules too. Right. Eat chocolate whenever they, so, so the, guess I guess what the question, we, we had a birthday party. The child had two cupcakes, not enough actual food. You know what happened? They got sick. We had a tummy ache. Yeah. Well, guess what? This yeah. is, that's the choice. Right. This is the consequence. If you actually follow the rules, then you go to bed happy and you wake up better. See, right. Re sacrifice, reward, everybody wins. So now, now the, the argument becomes, well, why should somebody have to abide by very stringent practices? Like, what does that bring for the individual? Two Before. cupcakes, no food equals tummy ache. Go ahead. <laughs> but, but referring to like a, from a philosophical bent, from, oh, from, a, from a religious aspect, or it doesn't even have to be a religious aspect. Like, you know, using stoicism as an example, if somebody's going to be... So you can't, in order to be a stoic, you actually have to practice stoicism. And that's a very difficult thing. And yes, there are certain things that you can choose. You could pick and choose to be a stoic, but it goes beyond just those two or three little things that you might want to pick from stoicism to be about. So what is the value then that comes from adhering to certain rules or to the strict dogma set out by a religion? Well, at least for me, the, the religious rules that I adhere to fall very much in line with my values and my principles, which allows me to, I guess, stand on my convictions as a person. You know, I, our very, very first episode, we talked about honor, if you remember that. And that was a very shaky episode, but then again, we were brand new. But, yeah, you know, yeah. one of the things, you know, that we talked about was honor kind of being inherent from our up, my upbringing, um, a sense of right and wrong, and those type of things. So all of that, by adhering to those rules, it's a reaffirmation, and it's a choice, that I make, which actually strengthens the values and principles that I hold dear as a man. And subsequently I hold dear as a husband in my relationship with my wife and that I hold dear as a father in raising my children. So I was looking at it this way. I mean, I don't disagree with you. Well, one, one of the ways that I was looking at this is, is um, when, when you have when you have something like religion or a philosophy that you abide by, okay, those, those particular uh, tenets, um, they orient you for taking action in the physical world. So they, they guide you in how you are going to act when you go, when you leave your household, for example, and, and even to a large degree on how you're going to act inside your own home, right? Whether or not you beat your wife or, you know, beat your kids or things like that, right? There are things that are going to, your religion hopefully orients you to not doing those things. Got it. <laughs> okay? Got it. Okay. So my, the, my point being is that let's, let's just use religion as the example. So if you okay. practice a particular religion, then that religion, the mythology and everything that surrounds that particular religion, it guides your behavior and, and directs your ability to take action in the world around you. Sure. So, if you practice the tenets of that religion, it's actually reminding you and 
guiding you that this is how you behave when you go out into the world. These are the things that are good for you as deemed by this religion. These are the things that are going to enhance your life for, uh, you, you might not be able to see them at first. Sure. But if you oh, practice yeah. them, then you're going to be rewarded internally because the religion, a lot of times people, especially people who are not who the, the spiritual people, the spiritual people, religious, yeah. right. They, they don't realize that practicing in the religion is really more about that inward journey. It's more about in, that inward journey about learning who you are and becoming something better than you were yesterday. And you can't become better unless you set some guidelines for yourself and say, this is how I'm going to govern my behavior. And, right. and, the, those rules are there, are put in place to help you practice and get better and to build the discipline so that behaving in a certain way that's acceptable to society becomes natural. Like it just, it's right. just being nice. Yes, we can always say, well, my religion just tells me to be nice. And if yeah, you be nice, it becomes easy to be nice over time. Sure, sure. And, and I've heard that same thing with uh, um, charity as an example you know if you were part of a religion that told you it was it was part of the belief that you must be charitable well if that's one of the things that as a spiritual person that you just go yeah i don't like giving stuff away so i'm just gonna you know pencil that out of right. my belief system well then you don't un you, you you completely lose the lessons um involved in being charitable and inevitably what if there's a point where you are asking for not necessarily the handout, but the hand up in a sure, situation sure. of distress, who are you going to reach to? And I'm not saying that a religion offers you a, a network of people necessarily that help you up. It's understanding the frame of mind of the person who needs that assistance. And without that kind of boundary line of our conduct, um, there's no self-governance. And so there's no self-awareness of who you are as an individual, what your capabilities and limitations there are. And you're left to, to wander kind of aimlessly without it. Um, at least that's my thoughts. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you another example. You know, uh, as a Catholic, as a practicing Catholic, there are, you know, every Lent, you're supposed to give up something for Lent, right? Um, 40 days, you're supposed to give something up. And it's supposed to be something that is, difficult for you to give up. So something that you really like, right? I used to joke and say, I'm giving up Lent for Lent. Um, but, <laughs> you, you know, to make it meaningful, you should give up something like, you know, coffee or, you know, wine or chocolate, you know, sugar, or fast food. Um, it's a, you know, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be difficult so that you can build your willpower. Right. So sure. the whole, there, there are several different reasons for it that when you start doing those kinds of things that you start to realize, wow, you know, one, um, I am building willpower and giving something up. I can get rid of something that is not inherently good for me. The other thing too, is it forces you to look at things that are in your life that you could, you could do without that are going to, that would normally affect you in a more negative way. So if you, if you're addicted to chocolate all the time and you're constantly eating chocolate, everybody knows that's not a good thing for you. <laughs> you know, it's not a good thing for you. Well, Lent comes along. Here's an opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to band together with my fellow Catholics and we're going to, we're all giving something up so we can now be emotionally supportive of one another. Uh, and I'm going to give this up. And now look, you can actually 
you can build the willpower to do it. You can see that you can actually do it. Uh, and you can gain some health benefits. There are people sure. that go through Lent. They, they lose a couple of pounds while they're on Lent because they weren't eating the junk food. Um, and, and it lets their body heal. So yes, it's religious rule. It's religious dogma, so to speak. But there are, there are these underlying benefits, both internally as well as physically, that benefit people if you practice the religion. There are, you find out that there are reasons for these things to be in play um, that do benefit you in other ways, not just because some guy in a Cossack tells you to do it. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, there's some other things there too um, that I think that there, there's opportunities maybe less palpable that become clear with time. I'll give you an example. Um, a brother of ours, um, Cal, he, uh, he turned his TV off and I want to say it was 1976 was upset over something, turn the TV off. Um, and he went a little while and he's like, I was, he was so mad. He just didn't even want to turn it back on. Um, and he never did, you know, he doesn't have a TV. He turned that off. He never turned it on. He went to go do it once and he actually took it out to the street and put it out on the street for trash pickup. And he said, you know, I didn't realize how much of my life was consumed staring at that tube as it was until I went a certain amount of time without it. And he goes, and then I read books and I sure. worked on other things and I did stuff. And, you know, I, I picked up he said in some instrument or something, like a ukulele or something. I, I can't even remember what he was telling. But he found all of this other life in other things, in other areas that he completely didn't know how much of his life and, and need he had dedicated to that one thing. I mean, imagine if, um, I don't know, you gave up your phone. Can you, I, I know you can't imagine. Hold on, take it easy, deep, deep breath. But just for the sake of an exercise, imagine you went one week without your phone, no phone calls, no texting, no getting online at the, you know, what does that mean? Oh, I'll just Google it. My computer that I have in my pocket. Imagine what else you could do uh, and what else could be there. It's sure. and how much almost faith we put in some of these things and then we attribute this word, we have to have it. We have to make it a part of our lives. And I think that's another part of Lent, as an example, that sacrifice of those things that allows us to see how much that we wrap ourselves up in some of these other areas that we don't even recognize as human <clears throat> beings. Yeah, and quite frankly, they're, they're good for us to do. They, they cause us to, to look internally and to assess our, our own being of what we're, how we're going to live our life. Um, you, you know, most humans, most humans need some kind of external impetus to be able to give up something. And, and as a, when you're practicing a religion and you're adhering to the rules that that religion lays out before you, um, it gives you that guidepost without somebody forcing you to do it. And I'll give you a perfect example. If you're, if you go to school, if you're a student, let's say you're taking classes at your local community college or university then you have this external impetus to say, I'm not going to stay up and party, or I'm not going to go out, or I'm not going to do certain things that I would normally do. I have to study instead, or I have to do this assignment instead. 
Um, and so there's an external force that's acting upon you that says you have to give those things up and you have to do this other thing that's good for you. And that is enriching your mind and learning about something. Um, re religion acts in the same way in a lot of regards. It, it takes, it puts these rules and says, here's what we believe and here's what we're going to do. And, and by practicing that religion and buying into it and saying, yes, I'm going to practice that. You start to live your life a certain way and giving up things, um, casting certain things aside that are ultimately better for you as an individual. Now, who knows what religion everybody should be, and I'm not here to try to convert anybody, but the, for the people that say they're spiritual, not religious, they're basically saying, I don't want to do the, the, I don't want to do things like Lent. I don't want to fast. I don't want to do charity. I just want to sit in my little private corner over here in my house. And I want to, um, you know, meditate on my own time. And even if I ever meditate, right. And so nine times out of 10, they don't do anything, uh, mm -hmm. even though meditation is probably good and you should probably do that. Uh, re practicing religious people refer to that as prayer, <laughs> yeah. um, right? But but the, the people that say they're religious and spiritual, I have yet to meet anybody who imposes, who who takes that stance of being spiritual, not religious. Right, and yet, actually self-imposes a, a boundary yes. line of their own conduct. Never yeah. happens. It no. never happens. Is it no. possible that it might happen? Sure, anything's possible, but it's not probable. No, um, most those of these are the people that that say that um, vaccines don't agree with their religion. Correct. You know? uh, um, it, it, anything <laughs> they want, anything they want to do, it just doesn't agree with my religion. So anything else, and basically, it's like the it's the pass to say, well, I'm going to be as narcissistic as I possibly can because it's all about me. It's all about what I want, and it's not about for these people. It's not about turning that inner eye and taking that that journey of self-discovery and self-fulfillment and, and those things that come with building a discipline. It's, they don't, they miss out on all of that stuff. And then they just say, well, I'm religious. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Yeah. As if I'm supposed to give them a pass for that. And I, yeah, all I well, hear is you're a narcissist. And, and I, <laughs> I had an interesting <laughs> discussion with a lady who actually said that. And I said, really? I said, why is that? What, what makes you? Well, I don't agree with labels. And I said, oh. yes, you do. Yeah, everybody no, does. No, no, I really don't. Oh, that's yeah, not do. That's not right. I was, no, yes, you do. I said, as a per you just said, I'm, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Well, if I said that you're religious, you're saying that's a label. So you agree with labels because you don't want the label. And you labeled yourself as spiritual. That's also a label. And you, you, you look... I would have thought I like punched her in the nose or something because she just seemed very offended by all that. You, 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 know, <laughs> you know what I hear when I hear some when I hear somebody like that say, "Well, I don't agree with labels." What I hear them say is, "I don't like the English language," yeah. because because, <laughs> because <laughs> the, the entire concept of language is about labeling it's, everything. Yeah, that's what that's called descriptive words. Yes, or nouns no, or wait no adjectives and adjectives. nouns Excuse and just me. you know yeah. everything it's like everything is we label everything our actions yeah. our beliefs our thoughts who we are what a thing is 
right? How it looks and how every, the, the entire concept of language is about labels. Right. So again, these, to me, these just, they're not serious people. They're, they, well, and they're the same people going up, arguing it about everybody for not using the proper or preferred pronoun right oh god because it's the, no I, all right but it's the pronoun. same idea you don't like this label but you're okay with this one as right. long as we understand that it's a broad one and that right. you're you can't be boxed into a certain idea well i just did i boxed you into crazy right. person I, and i'm gonna yes you down the river you're a lunatic <laughs> that i'm not gonna that you need to you need help you need a right? padded room and <laughs> But yeah, there is no, there is no self assigning a boundary line of conduct, um, which uh, I believe is a, is a big problem in our society. When we come to the free love and everything and everyone should be accepted for who they are. Now, I understand that from a very overarching and a very open hearted idea but if you're going to accept everyone in their free expression and in the, the true glory of everyone is how, how they are, then you have to also accept the bad as yes. well. Yes. So that means the, the murderers, the rapists, the pedophiles, the, right. I mean, you, you keep going, then you cannot judge them either for any of that. If you accept everyone in the in the true glory of and beauty of their inner being and their free expression, then that means if I go up and beat somebody to a bloody pulp, I was just expressing myself and you have to accept that. Now, that doesn't make sense to you. It shouldn't. It doesn't. That goes against the laws of nature, which is much free love tree hugging crap that you want to grab onto. Even that has a law it has rules you know that if you can't accept both then you have to actually understand that that's wrong it doesn't work that way and i'd challenge anybody to correct me if they feel i'm incorrect please send me an email or send me a tweet <laughs> at fu brothers yes <laughs> now now here's an interesting thought around all of this okay um, you know that that the gaming industry, the video gaming industry, is um, a huge entertainment industry. It's it's arguably the largest entertainment industry on the planet, probably next to porn. Um, and and there are a growing number of people who fall into this category of I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Or I'm just not religious because I hate all religion because I had a bad experience when I was a kid and my parents made me go to church or whatever. They made um, me go to church on Sundays. They, right. They? they made me go I to church. I couldn't play video games. So. Right. So I couldn't be a narcissist as a child. And so therefore I hate all religion. Um, but what's interesting now is there are video games that are where these developers are putting an exorbitant amount of thought and time and planning and creative energy into creating some very uh, interesting religious concepts in their games as a way to build the verisimilitude of the game world. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. In, dra in, the, in the game, I don't know if you ever played the game Dragon Age or not. Yes. Um, in Dragon Age, there's this, there's this big religion um, and you know, I can't. I don't remember all of the little 
I, you know, the little facets of the religion, but there's, you know, the, the, the religion as stated is essentially the Christ-like figure is actually a woman in the game. Um, but she was like burned alive rather than crucified. She was actually burned. Right. And so fire is like the way Christians venerate the cross in the game, all of the devout of, of this particular religion, they, um, they hold in high regard fire. It's a very, you know, yeah. religious symbol to them, but there's this whole mythology that the developers put into the creation of this religion and the background, the backstories. Um, they built this whole hierarchy of, of priests and priestesses in the game world. And so now we're seeing this thing where we have video games that are, that are putting forth these new religions, so to speak, where there are sacred practices and sacred beliefs that players or that characters have and they hold within the game world. Mm -hmm. And so there are even players now that are not religious in the physical world, in the real world, but they are, they get into the, into the playing their character and they'll play their character as a devout member of these religious sects that are still teaching very interesting, I would say, uh, you know, values and ways of behavior that could apply in the physical world. Right. It, it, what, 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 are your, what is your thought about, about that? Sort of this virtually sacred kind of aspect well, to things. Here's, here's the thing. I, I truly believe, and I always have, and I think you and I have had a discussion about this, but human beings uh, crave and have an inert desire to improve on themselves as individuals and to grow and to mature and to develop as they age and as they grow older. Um, I don't believe I'm alone. I want to be a better man tomorrow than I am today. And I believe I'm a better man now than I was 10 years ago and, and expound that out. Um, and I believe that those religious ideas and the dogma and the rules and, and the guidelines, um, are something that we inherently are drawn to in the real world here, practicing those, adhering to those takes effort. It takes a lot of work. And I, I believe as a society, we're becoming inherently lazy in actually doing that. However, in a game, well, it's not me having to give up all of this stuff it's my character but i can see the benefits of it as i progress i get you know i get more powerful this i get more powerful that um you know yeah i can give up more gold i have plenty of it so it's not a big deal you know and some of those but we're 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 naturally drawn to that i mean even um you know take a, a growing a child they say that they actually need and cling to structure in, as part of their development, even if, um, you know, psychologists write about that structure actually breeds better development for children, even, even babies. Um, they need that routine in order for them to develop. It's hard to do as a parent when you're, you know, the kid doesn't want it, but they actually do better with it. And I think we, as human beings, we inherently know that, but to actually be willing to give up and to follow and to sacrifice in order to attain that, that takes effort. And, and we've become a, 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 frankly, I think it's a big part of our instant gratification society. You know, it's easy to understand if I go, if I want a cheeseburger, 
then I have to find the cheeseburger place that I want to go to, go there, pay the money, and then I get my cheeseburger. But I'm willing to make that sacrifice of time and money because I know I get my cheeseburger right then, hot, the way I want it, my way. is Burger King. I got it my way, and I get to eat it. If I had to go and find a cheeseburger place and pay for my cheeseburger that I would get next Tuesday, that burger joint would be out of business in 24 hours because we are not as a society able to go through that. In a video game, you know, you can go weeks at a time, you can span weeks and it takes an hour. So even that long dedication, it's instant gratified. But I do believe that we as human beings, we actually... We crave that. We want that. I mean, that's why organizations, well, like the the Masonic Lodge, I think, exists and appeals to young men who are are craving that sense of development and that that sacrifice of time and energy and adherence to those to actually improve on themselves. Just like a lot of religions are that same way. Yeah, and, and for me, when I look at at religions and video games, for example, I don't think it's so much the religion per se. Uh, I don't. I don't think we're going to see people in the real world practicing no these, no 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 video game religions i i think what more i think what people are more um craving are the stories the mythological stories themselves that are told through the video game um and i think that there are um they, while they may not adhere to the practices of they may not emulate for example, certain characters within the story, they're at least being exposed to things. And I, they're at least being exposed to the morality questions. Um, and even if some people decide that they're going to play as a moral character, I think that says something about, uh, about them as human beings who they at least want to experience a, a, a good version of the story as opposed to some depraved version of the story for example, and at least they're being exposed to the mythological stories. And at least they're seeing, I, for lack of a better term, a proper way of acting uh, within society or acting among other people. They're, they're still gaining it from something, right? Th there are some stories that are being told in, in, for example, in a video game world that are the exact same stories being told in, re in a religious dogma. They're the exact same stories being told in the Bible, for example, but because people are just so anti-religion and like, I don't want to look at any, at any Bible, but they're getting it from other places. They're still getting that same story being told and talked about uh, in a different format, in a different media. And I think that's, I think that's kind of a good thing to a certain degree. Do I think oh, it's going to create a lot of converts? or no no yeah, or, or <laughs> people self-imposing these religious rules upon themselves and their actions no 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 and and believe me i was not saying i think that there's going to be a church of the dragon age religion or anything else started by any means um but Although i would be kind of cool I'd, i i would well, i would find it interesting if they did and and that's just it it's intriguing it's intriguing. It's intriguing. Yes. You know, there's there's a lot of history and, and everybody, I think, can relate to the the sacrificial lamb stories or the the uh, the great flood stories or even the destruction stories. You know, there's there's always those themes. And, and you touched on this um, not well, quite a while ago now. And I think about it. But um, when it comes to mythology, 
you know, there's, there's a common theme of uh, sacrifice and destruction and vengefulness and, and all of those kind of stories, but there's, there's a common theme. And ultimately in, in the end, there's always the idea of subjugation before something greater or higher than oneself. Mm -hmm. um, even if it is for the purpose of self-promotion in the end. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking, I had to look up the uh, the religion in Dragon Age and it's referred to the Chantry, uh, the mm -hmm. followers yep. of Andraste, the prophet of the maker. Yeah, the Andraste was the Christ-like figure. They referred to her in the game as the wife of the, she was the bride of the maker. Uh, the maker being God, God, if you will. Right. And mm -hmm. Andraste being his wife and she was holy, but she was burned. She was basically burned at the stake for her beliefs and and made it might have been something other than the stake that she was burned but she was like burned alive basically right, she was right. uh she, she was, was burned in effigy and yeah, martyred for she was her. she was martyred right and and that just you know because the the maker took pity upon her and, and embraced her and 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 that was the birth of this religion in the game world that's how the 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 game world but it's it's just really interesting for for people who have never played these kind of video games there are um a tremendous amount of time and effort put into creating these mythologies and these religions. And there are some people that they start playing these games and they get really into it. They create a character that I'm going to be a member of this, of this, of the Chantry. And I'm going to be, I'm going to create my character and I'm going to play as if this character is a priest of this Chantry. And I'm going to live my character's life according to Andraste. And I think that's kind of cool in, in some ways. It regards. is. Well, and, and if you think about creating a, a world for people to play mm -hmm. in, you know, one of the things that, that almost has to be there is some sort of mythological or religious um, undertone. There has to be those kind of stories. Those are, I mean, look at, at, at our own history. You know, there, the, the influence of religion on our history as a, uh, as a as a people as a world um is overwhelming you know wars fought um uh, lands conquered pilgrimages had i mean our religion really does frame a big part of our our discovery as a people so naturally in a world that you're going to create and i can't remember the name of the world out of there but um thetis. Any, that's right thetis you're going to create a world there there almost has to be some sort of mythological or religious belief system and a lot of times in those worlds there's multiple right you know there's right. followers of this and followers of that um otherwise it's not immersive or believable to the player that this world exists for you to roam around in i mean right. it's it's it loses that sense of immersion for you as a character in this world it just becomes a well a sandbox you know, to run around and, and shoot stuff in or, or, you know, slay your, the mighty dragon of blah, 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 or whatever it's um, there. It lacks that immersion. And that's, that's one of those things when you actually create a world where some of those things come even, and you and I have, have talked about, I think one of the greatest games out there, the elder Scrolls series and, and Skyrim being the latest and greatest, there were gods um, oh yeah in that as well and you were even talking about getting a a holy relic sword and you ascended into the heavens oh, and, oh, oh, it was amazing amazing and you were 
immersed in that. And a big part of that was because of the religious implication and undertones for that God in that particular area, the mythological story behind the, the Dawnbreaker sword and what that meant. And, and so without that, it, it lacks the ability for us as human beings to latch on to being real. Yeah. So, but latching on to your beliefs as human beings, I believe that's something that we, I guess we crave for as human beings, whether we recognize it or not. That's what pisses me off about half the politicians up there. You know, you, we and I, you've, we've talked about values and principles from day one. Right. What do you believe? Believe it, stand on it, live it. You might lose some people along the way. Sure but you're going to gain the respect of so many others. Even if I don't agree with you, I can respect you for your position. Um, and that's why I get really pissed when I see politicians stand up on one stage and say, yes, I want to do this. And then on the next stage say, no, absolutely not. And then on the last stage, well, you said this, but you didn't say, and then now you're for it and against it. And you go, no, I never said any of that. You're telling me either you're an idiot you are demented beyond recognition and you don't remember what you said or you're a liar and you or you don't know what you believe which means you believe in nothing so that goes back to if you don't stand for anything you will fall for everything well and you know this gets to the heart of why i've been wanting to talk about values and principles for so long because they have such a tremendous effect in the real world um so for example if you take the stance of if you believe that it's it's immoral immoral to steal from another human being, mm -hmm. then then that value needs to apply at all levels, no matter what level you try to apply that theft. So that might be at the very micro level, where it's I'm not going to go into your house and steal something from you, okay? And and that sounds pretty straightforward, and we think, sure, why not? But it also starts, you also have to look at it and say, am I anti-theft even at the macro level? Well, what is the macro level? Well, when there's a new bill that says, I want to I want to vote so that the government can steal from this group of people and give money to this other group of people, it doesn't really matter what the, what the whole purpose of it is. If you're against theft, you have to go, you can't do that. Right, right. You, you, you can't, no matter what it is, it could be, you know, it, it could be, even if they said Jesus wants you to do it and you say, well, no, Jesus told me I can't steal. So you can't, <laughs> you can't, you cannot do it. It's immoral, no matter how you look at it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if, it, if the, 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 the goal is to give you puppies wrapped in bacon, right? You, you can't steal for puppies wrapped in bacon, no matter how right. much you may want that. Yeah. No matter yeah. how much you may want puppies and or bacon, it's still not good to steal. And so you, yeah. if you have those values, you have to apply those values universally. And, and you have to be thinking, is this, does this go against my values? And if so, you, you'll probably be surprised if you take the time to really define and understand what your values are. Then when you try to apply them in the real world, you might realize that, whoa, I have to be against this policy or against this idea in the macro world around me 
because it violates my principles. And I used last week during my little solo rant, I talked about this 207 or I don't know what number it is here. 208. 208 for the, yep. the taxes. Yeah. Um, let's steal from a small select group of people just because they can afford it. Well, oh, I could get on a whole rant about 208 in particular, and I'm going to try not because I want to I want to stay um, above uh, on a high level overview. But yes, if you are going to if you're going to impose a tax, let's just say to pay for a program that you want or think is good. If you're going to impose the tax, then in my mind, that has to be a unilateral tax across the board. You cannot selectively pick a minority group of any kind because the moment you allow that and wrap it in the greater good for whatever great and whatever good you feel at that moment is appropriate, you have to understand that that can be used and should be used against you at some point. You will be part of some other minority group to someone else. And somebody else's greater good might not be something you agree with. And, you know, I have to give you credit. You opened my eyes to something which I still struggle with right now Um, because I... I, I am absolutely 100% uh, anti-abortion and I'm in support of capital punishment. Those two things do not align. I recognize right. that. And I have a very hard time um, really working through that. And I'm, I'm getting close. I'm making some progress. I'm doing some own personal reflection. But how can you ask me a very deliberate question and don't and I haven't forgotten it. How can you support life? and be against the murder of unborn babies, which I am, that's wrong on so many levels, and yet support the murder of another human being. Correct. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. And But while I recognize I'm not at my conclusion, and I'm still working on that, I am trying to look at that from a values and principles based idea. If I support life, then I have to support life. Yeah. And it, it's, it's something that I wrestled with for a number of years. Um, You know, there are still very, very heinous cases that come out. And my first reaction is go kill them, you know? Um, And then I have to think, well, this is a, uh, this is an anomaly. This is an outlier, right? It's, it's, but I struggled for I struggled for a number of years, especially you know hearing very heinous cases, um, and then wanting to immediately jump and say, yeah, let's just end it, you know, kill them. Mm-hmm. But there's another issue that that starts to come at play when, when you start thinking about that, especially like with regards to capital punishment. Do you want the state to really have authority to take people's lives? Mm-hmm. Do you want the state and the government to be able to decide who lives and who dies? Right. right. What happens Um, if they feel that you are not part of the majority group that they want to carry on the legacy of this country Yeah. in the vision that they have for it? And you can't, and you can't, you, I mean, here's the, you can't take that back once it happens. (laughs) You can't put the genie back in the bottle. You cannot. And and so many people will say, you know, I have a a friend who lives there in the Soviet socialist Republic of Flagstaff uh, who who just, who swore up and down. He's like, there's no way socialism could ever take root in the United States. 
And I'm like, every country that has fallen into socialism was literally one generation away from doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the Bolshevik revolution basically took place overnight, happened within a generation. Um, For example, in the Soviet Union. um, And it's, I, I can't, I cannot stress enough how much people need to read about what happened during Soviet Russia and what happened with the gulags. You know, we, we love to talk about Hitler we, as, a, as a society. As a society, we love to talk about Hitler because Hitler, at least he attacked people that were, that were external to what he perceived. He, you know, um, right or wrong, I'm not trying to pass judgment on that. Well, I am passing judgment on it. He was, a, he was, a, he was an asshole, right? Um, <laughs> Hitler was. But I think one of the reasons why he gets such a big pass from people in the West is Hitler targeted a very specific groups of people and he labeled them as, as sort of these outcasts and said they are, they are social others, right? Um, and he did that with the homosexuals. He did that with the Jews and various other types of groups of people and, and therefore targeted them. And so our education system says, well, what, what he did was Hitler he attacked people that were external, external to the normal German way of life. The Russians didn't do that. Mm-hmm. The, the Russians targeted their own people, people that they lived next door to one another. That right. He didn't just, you know, the Stalin and, and Lenin didn't just target Jews or homosexuals, that they literally targeted people that thought differently from how they were thinking. Um, and they, they put them in gulags and, they tortured people and they murdered them. And, uh, you know, this, this, I challenge anybody, I would challenge anybody read the book called Gulag. I believe it's, uh, Amy Applebaum did, I believe her name is her last name is Applebaum. Um, it's, it's, it's horrendous. The, the, the life, the, the stories that she tells that she went back and, and researched and pulled all of these archives and and interviewed people that that lived in the gulags that were sent to the gulags. Uh, read Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who talked about how, according to the Russians, if you were Russian and you had not yet been to the gulag, it was only a matter of time. Right. Um, and th- and that's what Russians that's what all Russians would say. You just you will wind up there sooner or later. And the atrocities that happened. Um, at, at staggering levels, you're talking hundreds of thousands of people went through there and were yeah. murdered and tortured and uh, well, it's and terrible. It, it blows me away how we, as a, as a collective society, we think we are so much more advanced now than we were then we're not. that that's what is going to protect us from that. No, what has happened is society or our technology and our systems have advanced so much that it's going to make the transition from this to that happen in an instant. And it happens swiftly and quickly and with much more devastating reach. We started out, we were talking about cancel culture just a little bit ago, talking about the polls and we are already afraid to mm-hmm. say that we are going to vote for, let's say, Trump because we're afraid we're going to be canceled mm-hmm. in our culture. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> what that's this is that's happening that's exactly what the right. gulags were right was a way to cancel and silence the voices who were just talking and speaking and thinking differently than the masses that they wanted they they was different than the narrative that they wanted to hear turn on your television set right now and flip on the news you will find 99% of the channels out, out there are all spouting the exact same story. There may be one or two exceptions that are actually speaking something different. And if they, they survive, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're going to face the amount, the enormous pressure there was. I mean, even, even Fox is being pulled towards the, uh, I would say towards the left just to try <laughs> and survive because they're, uh, being attacked so heavily for spouting something different mm -hmm. it's there this is not that far away from us we are there we're right on the cliff and if we allow it to happen especially if we vote for it to happen i mean there is no like you said there's no putting the genie back in this bottle mm -hmm. there is no going back to this it's not like it was before we could say well We'll give this a try for a few years, and then if we don't like it, we'll just say, okay, never mind. We'll go back. That's not the way this works. That's not the way it's ever worked. Right, and it's never, you, you know, I say that we're, one, we're always one generation away from, you know, a Bolshevik revolution. It's, and I don't say that because right now we have Trump versus Biden. It's always that way. It's, it's always that way. And what's becoming harder, more and more difficult is to keep those people that would love to usher in a second Bolshevik revolution here in the United States. There, it's more prominent now. It's more acceptable for people to, you know, to proclaim from the rooftops that they're oh, socialist sure. and yeah. they, they want communism. Mm -hmm. There are people online right now that are saying, um, you know, people like you and I, we're guilty of wrong thinking. We should be shipped off to the gulags. We've got people right now in this country saying that, you know what? The gulags weren't so bad. They're yeah. actually pretty decent. Yeah. They, they were um, uh, education centers. Education centers. Right. Right. Zero education happening there. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. So, you know, we, we always have to be vigilant of that. And the only way to avoid that is to understand what your values are and then try to apply them at every level. And if you cannot apply that value at every single level, then you probably should do some reflection and try to figure out what your values are. Because if you can't say, if you, if you can't honestly say that you're against theft in all of its forms, then what does that say about you as an individual? And is that somebody that you actually want to be, you know, you want to be, is that something sure. you want to be somebody who's I'm against theft, but only in certain situations. Right. Right. And, and, you know, this is, it's, it sounds like a very, very simple concept. It really does. And it, you're the example you used about theft is, is perfect. You ask anyone out there, do you think theft is okay? Everybody's going to say, no, you know, no, you don't steal. Not. That's we, we know that. Well, then you say, well, what is stealing? Right taking something from someone else without their permission or consent right well what's happening to your paycheck I mean, look at it i mean how is that not theft right. every time you get paid 
And who's just it? Why is it right then to take more from some and less from others? Well, you, the, the proverbial you say that the, the rich have more so they can give more. Well, that's not right. How it's is not that right. right? It's not, I mean, it's, 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 I'm sorry. That's just, it's, that's it's just not, not right. right. Well, and then, then, well, what constitutes rich? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what? I don't consider myself rich. I mean, trust me, people that know me know I'm not rich, but to some people, I'm loaded to 95% of the world. You're loaded. There you go. I mean, if you look at people in uh, Brazil, they say, I am among the wealthiest 5% people in the world. Yeah. So why it, they should be able to vote to have, you mm-hmm. know, 80% of my earnings mm-hmm. taken and given to all of those who don't have now to me, that's theft. That is absolute stealing from me. But to them, it's redistribution of wealth. Yep. It's redistributing um, wealth. It's forced charity. It's, I mean, you can call it whatever you like that makes everyone else who it's not happening to feel better about stealing. And so that's the, the real hard look when it comes to values and principles and, and really trying to, to break that down. Do you believe in it? And if you do, stand on it, live it, stand up for it. Even if I don't agree with you for it, I can at least respect you for understanding that that is a true value for you. Well, good. I think you summed it up pretty nicely. Oh, okay. All right. We'll have to have a talk with Joe Biden about values and principles. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to. So it'll be, <laughs> it, it'll, it'll be really interesting because we've got one more show to do and we're not going to know the, the results of the election at that point because um, right. we'll, we'll record this coming weekend uh, and then the election will happen right after that. But um, I don't know. We might have to do, we might, you know what we should, we might want to think about if we can do a, a show Tuesday night during the election. An election night special. And, and maybe do some election and, and watch some of the, the, the polling coming back and some of the, the numbers coming back. That might be kind of fun. Just, just to watch the, uh, the meltdowns happening, I think would be, would be a, would be a blast. Ours or theirs. Depends on how, how it goes. Either way, it's going to be meltdowns happening and they will be worthy of, co- of proper commentary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just talk about it. We'll have to talk about that. Okay. Anyway, um, until next time. Everybody, thanks for listening. Fusion Underground, as always, you can catch all of our stuff off of our website at fusionunderground.net. We are on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash AZ Fusion Underground. You can catch us at Twitter at FU Brothers. Uh, send us an email at contact at fusionunderground.net. Remember, we're on all of the different, anywhere, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, we're probably there. Spotify, Apple, uh, Anchor, Breaker, you name it. At- at least for now. At least for now. <laughs> right. Until we're canceled and Until picked we're off canceled. the interwebs, you know, all that kind of stuff. You can catch these videos on YouTube. We put them up there as well. Just search for Fusion Underground. Just come to the website. You'll find all of it yeah. there. It's all there. And then you can put in your favorite links or wherever 
you want to get it. Uh, anyway, this is it. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. <laughs> I'm Manuel Ramirez, and for Jason Moret, this is the Fusion Underground. Peace, Have everybody. Good night.